This is Work From Home, the podcast that helps you stay connected, productive, and sane while working remotely. I'm Harry, and today the first part of my conversation with Jamel Harris, who calls himself an ethical hacker, uh, otherwise known as a penetration tester or security consultant. He is a, an expert in all things digital security. And so I really wanted to get him on to talk about how we can keep ourselves secure when working from home. We've come from offices where uh, we've probably got IT departments and other people looking after these things. Um, and for the first time, I think it's important that we start thinking about how we're looking after our, ourselves online. We we have locks on our doors to make sure that people don't get access to things that they shouldn't. And I think lots of people aren't necessarily thinking about that so much in their digital lives. So I had lots that I wanted to ask him about. These tools that we're using, be it email, video conferencing, Slack, you know, are there any uh, potential risks to these platforms? Because I know that, for example, Zoom have come under a lot of scrutiny for their kind of security issues. Yeah, what, what should we be thinking about from a consumer standpoint? There are definitely things to consider. You know, firstly, try and use the known companies, not because they're inherently more secure, but just because they tend to have more eyes on them, such as Zoom. You know, it wasn't until it got to like be a critical mass before people started thinking about the security. So if we are using some of those larger, like more well-known and established companies, then by the nature of them being larger, they tend to have more people looking at them. Not always. Um, and what are the what are the potential kind of security risks that we're putting ourselves ourselves up for by using a platform? You know, if Zoom if our if a Zoom call we're on does get hacked, is that a way into our computer? Is that a way into our kind of network, or is it more just a case of people bombing phone calls? You know, it, it can be both, and and both can be just as dangerous. Um, you know, if someone joins a uh, a, a meeting that you know, people are discussing sensitive information, business critical information, and someone's able able to access that, then, you know, that in itself is a big deal. But then also, yeah, there, there are definitely, um, we, you know, we're now using all these different tools to communicate and any vulnerability in the actual software itself could be exploited. There was an issue that just came to my attention a little, a little while ago. Slack, I think, had a, um, I think it was a... Um, an RCE, so remote command execution vulnerability. I, I think I'm not sure of what the does, What does that mean exactly? So, so that means that an attacker, if they're talking to you on Slack, they will be able to run commands on your system. That again, don't don't quote me. I, I can't remember the details of it exactly, and it was fixed before it was um, it was announced, right? So you know everyone had updated by the time they'd fixed it. But yeah, so like the, this software, and again, if not Slack in this specific case, it does happen where software that is um, where it is vulnerable you know, people are able to exploit that to run commands on the system or access files from your system. But yeah, also people joining chats and joining calls in itself can be like incredibly dangerous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess that's the reality of it, isn't it? Because you just, you never know quite what, when you're being watched. But but saying that, it, again, there's just, I think there's just a, like a few things that people can, can do to protect themselves massively. As an example, you know, we, we spoke about email earlier. Email is, is a really, really easy way for us to get into a company's um, data and stuff. Trying to, to break into email accounts is, is it can be anyway, like fa fairly easy because people reuse passwords and things like that. But then if, if as a company, you have a policy that says you never share sensitive data unencrypted via email, then even if someone does access that, they're not um, getting all those like details for like free, basically. Got you. Yeah, you're making you're making them work for it. <laughs> exactly. So they first need to figure out how to then you know, decrypt um, those, those sensitive data. Yeah. So, so so that's what we do. You know, like we um, when we're sharing um, specific files, 
we make sure they're, they're always encrypted. Uh, so that even if someone does manage to, you know, worst case scenario, they manage to compromise Slack and get access to ev like everything there, then, you know, all our like sensitive files are, are encrypted as well. One of the things I think about is that so many of the tools that we're using now, instead of being applications, software applications, they are web-based applications. So we use, we're accessing via, the, via Google Chrome or Safari or Firefox, opening in the browser, these hugely powerful tools that used to be massive uh, installations that you'd have like seven CDs to install. We're now just kind of, you know, tapping into our browser and kind of opening up there. As an expert in this stuff, like what, how do you feel about that? Like, is it, is, is it less secure to be using browser-based software or more secure or what do you, yeah, what's, what's the view there? So unfortunately the answer is yes and no. And, and I really, okay. I always hate that because uh, it says almost nothing, but by, by using these browser-based um, applications, the software is always being kind of updated, right? So in the past, you know, we had issues where people would have run, you know, running old versions of, of Word. I mean, you mentioned like from all these CDs, but you know, imagine installing things from floppy disks. You know, like you people, people st are still using like really old versions of, of software. Um, you know, they're using old versions of, of even the operating system um, because there's no need to upgrade necessarily. It's really easy for us to create exploits for old software. Uh, so, you know, in those cases, yeah, you know, we send someone a like a bad PDF file um, or a bad Word document or something, they open it in the old software and then we can get a shell on their system, um, we, you know, which means we can uh, execute commands on their system. Whereas now, you know, with browser-based stuff, that they're being kind of updated like in the back end automatically, you know, users don't even have to worry about using old versions of software. But the, the downside is that it becomes a bit easier to do like some kind of like some social engineering attacks. So I can, you know, I can send a link to someone and say, hey, you know, check out this um, Word document. And instead of going to, you know, the Microsoft site or like Google Documents or whatever, it's going to my version of what looks like the same application. So, uh, and because people are used to working inside the browser, they're not necessarily like checking and, and, and knowing kind of which sites they're going to. I mean, I can speak for myself. I am just so trusting. Like, yeah. I, I, I want to tell myself, yeah, I'm a clued up kind of 30 something. Like I know what hacking is. I know what phishing is. And we'll, I want to ask you about that stuff later. Like I know these obvious things. And so I feel like, I, you know, and I, I've spent so many times I've had to explain to my mum, no, don't click that email, mum. That's obviously a bad idea. So I feel like I'm an expert. But here I am just like clicking on stuff without even looking at the link because I just assume it's fine, you know? I mean, even even things like I mean a, a little bit kind of off that, but um, when 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 Zoom did start becoming popular, how many people just clicked the the email and then installed Zoom based on the link that they got in the email, right? Even you know even not I mean this isn't necessarily a problem with Zoom, but any kind of like video conferencing where you click on it and you have to install some kind of plugin or application to be able to access it, you know that that's a really easy win. You know, try and set up a, a fake meeting send them a link to a malicious executable, but have the email look like it's, you know, it's coming from Zoom or something. People think it's a Zoom update or um, they've got to install this plugin or whatever. Uh, so, so yeah, that's, that's, that's like another thing that, yeah, it's kind of like difficult, right? It's difficult to know what's trustworthy and what isn't. Absolutely. And then when we talk about kind of storage of our data, again, all browser-based, it's we're in the cloud, do you have any kind of uh, thoughts about that? I'm sure you guys have, you know, within your organization, a really kind of um, well thought out process for how you're storing your data to keep it secure. What can we as like the average 
person out there kind of be doing to, because to, I, for one, I'm a, a heavy Google Drive user. I just trust it. Lots of people use Dropbox. Again, I guess similar to the point you were making, because it's Google, it's a big name. I assume they've got us covered. So I just kind of throw everything up there and I'm fairly relaxed about the whole situation. Like, is, What should we be thinking about when we come to kind of sharing of files on the internet? Yeah, so it's, uh, it's again, it's a balancing act. So yeah, we don't really use those services because there is risk there. And because of the data we deal with, you know, we have reports full of um, our clients' vulnerabilities, for example. You know, sometimes, you know, especially with our large clients, if that ever gets becomes public, then people would know how to hack into that company. Right. Yeah. So it's super important. <laughs> so, so yeah. So so we we made the decision not to to use like cloud storage for the, for that very reason. But that's not to say that you shouldn't use use cloud storage. What, you know what what potentially could happen if is if someone gets access to your credentials, then they can access that data. So it's really important to keep your credentials safe. It's really up to each individual company to decide what their risk appetite is and how it aligns with with what their goals are. Yeah, yeah. So thank you so much to Jamel. Really interesting conversation. And we've got more of that stuff coming. So do stay tuned for that. You can find out more information about what Jamel and his company are doing at digitalinterruption.com. We'll be back every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with more working from home goodies. If you enjoyed this episode, if you found it helpful and you know someone else that needs to be looking after their digital security while working remotely, I would love it if you could share this episode with them. It would really help. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening and we'll be back soon. Hold up. 